Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Taking me all the way back. Must be a Grizz game Friday, and indeed it is. Even though it's April 16th, we got football on the horizon here in the Garden City. We're going to tell you all about it and talk about the other side of the Continental Divide as well. Welcome into Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, STBX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Missoula. You want to listen in somewhere besides the terrestrial radio? Or you don't want to watch on TV, or watch on your mobile device, your computer, whatever, head to the station website, 1029ESPN.com, click on the Listen Live tab, and there you'll find the stream. You can watch us or anything else on ESPN uh, anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You want to give us a call, shoot us a text, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Ton to get into today, Mike Nugent. A good buddy of the show, a uh, member of the Grizz Fan Pod, and a uh, contributing member here on Nuanas. Now he's going to swing by. He's uh, run a couple minutes late, but he, I saw him just pull into the parking lot. So he will be here in a quick moment. I know we teased Regime Seabrook all week, and unfortunately, Regime got sick. And uh, as we know, I know we're kind of coming on the other side of this thing, but uh, 
you sick? You're not coming here. So, <laughs> uh, Regime, uh, hope he feels better. And uh, Regime Seabrook will be joining us most Fridays throughout the spring and summer. we got to be flexible, though. He's got kids. You know, he's got to take care of the fam. So, all that stuff. We're going to talk a variety of different things uh, with Mike Nugent. We're going to talk about uh, the Grizz and uh, the quarterback spot. And maybe a, I don't want to call it a controversy because I'm not trying to make it a controversy right now. But I do think there's a quarterback battle going on in Montana. And there's a, there's a guy that sort of has an inside track because of his experience in Cam Humphrey and a guy that has a lot of buzz because of his talent in Chris Brown. So we'll get to that debate. We're also going to talk quarterbacks when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. Nuge is a big San Francisco 49ers fan, and uh, they have the number three overall pick in the NFL draft, and they traded up to get that pick, which I think then is indicative that they're going to take a quarterback. But which quarterback are they going to take? Is Zach Wilson going to still be on the board? Is Mac Jones going to be in the mix, or is it Justin Fields? We'll get into all that stuff, too, talking about the 49ers. Lady Grizz, I have a new coach. If you haven't heard, we shared some of the sound on the show yesterday. Um, well, Brian Holsinger, the new head coach for the Lady Grizz. So we'll talk a little bit about that hiring, our impressions of it. Another interesting piece of news, Mark Campbell, who was the, one of the other finalists for this position, he was actually hired as the head coach at Sacramento State today. So that's an interesting fold. And I don't think anybody thought that uh, the associate head coach for an Oregon team that's won 30-plus games five years in a row was going to... Uh, land in the Big Sky Conference at a school other than Montana, but Mark Campbell headed to Sacramento State, so uh, super interesting there, because I mean he was a basically in the mix heavily at Washington, Vanderbilt, and Montana, and instead he is now at Sacramento State, so we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Second hour, all football, all the time. Uh, I was not, again, able to make it down to Bobby Houck's uh, media thing. They're doing the, the press conferences right now because, just on the field, you know, 10 minutes before practice. Well, they don't start practicing until 3.45, so I can't go. But uh, Sports Information, Montana Sports Information, has been good enough to send the sound along to me each of the last two weeks. So we will have uh, three different sound bites from Montana head coach Bobby Houck previewing the Grizz game against Portland State on Saturday. And then we're also going to talk a little Bobcat football, too. I've been teasing this for a while. We've been doing Zooms with the Bobcat uh, players and coaches all throughout spring ball. And uh, to, I've only seen them live and in person once, so I haven't really wanted to go all the way out, all in on analyzing them because I just want to catch them a couple more times. Uh, but we do have some sound from Troy Anderson, All-American uh, linebacker for Montana State. So we'll hear from him, and we'll also just talk some Bobcat spring ball as well. So there you go. That's what we got in the show today on Nuanas Now. Nuge, what's up, man? You're a pinch hitter today. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Oh, you know... You know I'm here for you whenever you need me, right? Oh, I know you are. Even man. when you want me, and then you know I I remove my whole life, and you then you need to switch <laughs> me around. No, well, I'm going to start standing up for myself. Full, more. full disclosure: uh, Dude was actually come, supposed to come in and, and host with me yesterday, and then Anthony Nackrenner, who has run a sports show up in Kalispell for the last five years, he was in town, and, I, and he's like, "Hey, I want to come see your studio and say goodbye to you because he's moving to Florida," and I was like, "Well." If you're going to come by at 3.30 and you're a professional radio host, I'm not trying to make you work, but you should sit down and do it the first hour of the show. And he's like, oh, I would love to. And he to. likes to hear himself talk. Well, yeah, of course he does. I mean, who doesn't besides me? But I had uh, also already told you that I wanted to coach my son's Little League team. Oh, so, right, I mean, right, you right. know, it, it worked out for all of us. I heard that they're pretty good. Heard I they, mean, I heard they got some talent. You know, this, the, is the the, first, this is the first year where they actually get to throw to each other. Do yeah, I have the timing yeah, right? Nope. Yep. He's in the you know, first, first player pitch. The Westpac Dirt Squirrels at uh, Mount Sentinel Little League are, are out there. They're young for the age group. Westpac Dirt Squirrels. This yeah. is the name. Well, one of them is the official name, and the other one's the adopted name. Uh, I, I see. I see. I see. I see. I see. This is great branding for our good buddy Tabor. <laughs> the Dirt Squirrels. I love it. Uh, no, that's that's cool that you guys are doing that. I, I think it's awesome that you guys are helping out and coaching the kids and stuff too, which is really fun. Um, 
Like I said, Razim Seabook is supposed to be here on Fridays. Not unable to make it. He uh, was sick. Two other things, though, because we do have a lot going on on the show today. First of all, it is a Friday, so it's a Florence Coffee Company Friday. I already drank my Florence Coffee uh, long ago. I had mine about noon today, but I had triple shot ice Americano. It was delicious. But it's a Friday. You can stay up late. Have yourself a good time. No matter where you're at in Missoula right now, I'm sure the traffic is terrible. So look for one of those Florence Coffee Company kiosks and go get yourself a cup of Joe. Uh, trust me, you'll do yourself a favor. It's hot today, too. Maybe try yourself a Lotus. It's know, hot in here. It is super hot in here. <laughs> so we have different controls in this room. And so I so I always turn the uh, heat down when I first get here. But it's a little conspicuous because, you know, I like to turn it down to about 62 and uh, then if I forget to turn it back up, then when Robert Chase comes in here to start his morning show on the trail at 5 o'clock in the morning, then he might be a little chilly. So it's kind of a battle for the guy who's working at 5 a.m. and the guy that's working at 5 p.m. But uh, welcome to local radio. One other announcement. We've been pumping and uh, going through this Grizz painting. And um, we're going to give you that we're going to give this to a winner here in the 5 o'clock hour. So... Um, we take submissions all the way up until 4.45, social media interactions. Uh, if you are listening on the radio and you haven't seen the painting, go to the social media. That's the easiest way to see it. But also, if you're watching on TV, it's a painting of Dave Dickinson, Don Reed, and Andy Larson at the base of Mount Sentinel. There's a bunch of cool other features. Main Hall from the University of Montana campus, the Spit and Grizzly, uh, Huntington, West Virginia Stadium, where the Grizz beat Marshall. And, of course, this is an extension of our Grizz Greats podcast series, um, memorializing the 25th anniversary of Montana's 95 National Championship. You know what the best part of this photo is? What's it's, that? It's the old grizzly there. I on mean, top of Main Hall. That's such a cool mascot. Isn't that, and isn't that a cool... Yeah, I mean, I the, thought... The UM has a couple cool grizzlies, but this is one of them. They do. I thought that Ryan Bagley, the artist, he he hid a couple little hidden gems within the post within the painting that is not... Uh, that They're not the main subjects, but still pretty cool. I mean, like the, the silver leaf score there on the bottom right, that's pretty cool as well. So we'll be giving this away to one lucky winner at the top of the hour. Thanks so much for all the great entries couple pieces of news before we get into the uh, the thing I know Nuge wants to talk about more than anything, and that is the uh, the quarterback position, the quarterback battle at the University of Montana. <laughs> but a couple quick pieces of news this week in recruiting. Raleigh Wooster, Missoula Hellgate alum and former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, he had entered the transfer portal a little over a week ago. Uh, he spent last year at Utah State. He's headed to the University of Utah, so uh, he will follow his head coach, Craig Smith, to Utah. So I thought that was sort of small world, the fact that a guy from Missoula and Larry Kostoviak gets fired at Utah, which then gives the next greatest player from Missoula a chance to go to Utah. What do you think of Raleigh in the Pac-12, though? Well, I don't think Raleigh is the next greatest player from Missoula after Larry Kostoviak. You are really disinterested. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I'm saying yeah. the, uh, the most recent great <laughs> yes, player. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. no, no, there's been gotcha. a lot of great players to come out of Missoula. Um, you know, not surprised. I mean, we're seeing, I mean, look what's happening in Eastern Washington. I mean, I'm surprised more players aren't following their coach right now. But I think what the biggest part that we didn't acknowledge here is that I had this confirmed before you did. Um, you know, I know you did. Yeah. So that's why you need to get a little. So shout out to my source who I know is listening. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I should uh, get you a little log into the Skyline Sports MT Twitter. Well, I'm just trying to show the the upper management here that I've got the chops. <laughs> You know, chops to do this. The endless trial <laughs> continues. You gotta love it. Uh, in the state of Montana, the big news in the recruiting game yesterday came when the it was announced that Junior Bergen, a uh, two-way star from Billings Senior, one of the best recruits in the state of Montana, 
He assigned with Montana State December 16th, but he is actually flipping and coming to Montana. This is There's all this controversy right now about all these new rules for transfers. There's this one-time transfer rule. There's this zero year that we're going through right now. There's the portal. A lot of guys are getting waivers, the NCAA, all that stuff. It's actually funny to me because what Junior Bergen is doing is actually a rule that's not part of these new rules. This has been a rule forever. I just have never really seen it happen in Montana. If you sign with a program and then the coach leaves before you arrive on campus, you can, your letter of intent is not binding. You can reopen your recruitment. You can sign a letter of intent with somebody else. I think the reason we haven't seen it in Montana, it makes sense. It's valid. Right? Yeah, I totally. But the, uh, the, we haven't seen it in Montana, though. I think be, here's why. Because the early signing period for football now has only been around for, I think, four years. This is the first time we had a coach leave and not get fired over those last four years. And so a lot of times, kids, when there would be a coaching change, like when Bobby Houck left for you for UNLV, the Grizz did lose some guys like to other schools. But signing day wasn't until February. Bobby left in like January. So they had a couple months to make the decision. So I think that's why we haven't seen it. But here nor there, um, I was actually not surprised that Junior Bergen flipped to Montana because basically what he had said on this show and, and on Skyline Sports was that he picked Mon- he, ca- he came all the way down the wire. He didn't make his commitment until the day before signing day. And the number one factor he picked Montana State for was Jeff Choate. And Choate's not there. And so I wasn't surprised at that. But um, first of all, what do you think of the get of Junior Bergen? And second of all, is this the, is this a singular situation? Or is, is Bobby Howe going to go after a couple of these other uh, Bobcat guys? So first and most important, if you were going to write a script about a high school football player committing to a football team, Junior Bergen is the name you would use. Isn't That's that a great so true? Football Such a great name, name yes. Um, no, I, I think that we shouldn't be surprised by this. And what we probably should do is... Anytime there's a coaching change at either UM or MSU, we should all just be rational and remind ourselves that this is pretty normal. Like, you know, in the last two years, because Houck was a known quantity, they started to even out Montana recruiting. I think that actually Houck's first year back, UM probably won the in-state battle last sure. year. Maybe maybe the Cats did, although sure. junior switching now might make it more of a wash. But but normally, it's like you think about it. When they hired Choate, Choate seemed like more of a Montana guy, so he started winning over Stitt. Sure. Right? When Stick got hired and Delaney, you know, the, the Grizz were probably winning over Ash, you know. Yes, sure. So I think that it's probably more predictable than we should think. Now, is it a trend? Oh, it certainly is. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if if uh, Vegan comes in, I'm saying his name right. You got it. Vegan Nailed comes it. in. Um, no meat, no cheese. And, <laughs> the thing uh, that's so funny is, I, th- this is one point I think it hasn't been made, and, I, and I, I just mean this in a completely objective fashion, but it does, it adds to to the analysis of Brent Vegan. He's like 6'6", 275 pounds. Like is he, he that big he of a is, guy? He is huge. Wow. Like when he first stood up in his office to shake my hand, I was like, oh, wow. See, I've only seen him from pictures when yeah. he's sitting down. Sure. So that blows me. No, he, he is he is that. like a real, I mean, he was an All-American, uh, Division II All-American tight end at uh, North Coast State. But So what I was going to say is like, if he could come in and endear himself that he gets Montana football culture, which frankly, sure. if he was at North Dakota State, he's going to get Montana rural football sure. culture sure. to a point, right? I mean, it's not going to be new to him the way it might be new totally. to somebody coming from totally. somewhere else. Well, it's also interesting, too, because his dad is a legendary football coach from North Dakota. He, he's from Buxton, North Dakota, which is population like 400. Mm-hmm. So you're talking Drummond, basically. And uh, he played nine-man football. And his dad, you know, the football field at the high school is named after his dad. And so like, he knows all about the small town stuff. So like, you're right. I think he yeah. will. Uh, he'll acclimate um, pretty quickly. But so... 
I know you didn't watch Junior Bergen much probably in high school this year, but he was one of the you know kind of blue chipper guys. He had Mountain West offers from Arizona, or excuse me, Air Force and Colorado State. So I mean, I, it's a good gift for the Grizz, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they have to be well, very he, excited about. He this. was the quarterback in the state title game, right? Uh, the semifinal game the semifinal against, against sorry, Sentinel. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Semifinal game against Sentinel. Right. So I watched the playoffs. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, sorry, not to. I don't want to offend anybody in Billings by getting that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but you know, I thought he played his heart out, and that's that's my biggest exposure to him as far as like watching one full game and sure. then obviously seeing highlights and stuff like that. He seems like a good get. I mean, he seems That's like a good get. he seems like an athlete that kind of fits a mold that Bobby seems to like this time around. Of kind of like get a guy in, find out where he fits. But if he's a tough nosed, you know, hard worker, sure, he's going to get on the field. Right. You know, it takes care of itself. You and I have talked about this offline a lot. Yes. And I honestly think that I said it last time, right after the, uh, the Bobcats hired Vegan. I think he's a good hire. So I don't worry so much for them than I would if they were bringing in an Ash or even a Stitt who kind of took a different approach to the state of Montana, for better or worse. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. Totally, absolutely. And, and to your point, too, I do think you made such a good uh, kind of hidden line there. It is way – the instant recruiting battle, we, we digress from the topic at hand, but the instant recruiting battle is a lot less complicated and a lot more simple than a lot of people think. Because about, I mean, I would say probably 70 to maybe even 75% of the guys that are Division One type recruits in this state have very heavy ties to one of the two, whether it's their head football coach in high school played for one of the two programs, or their dad or their uncle, or, you know, there's just a variety of different ties that you could have. Or, you know, they grew up close by or whatever, you know. Their sister went to school here. So many times. It's very rare you have a kid that's just like, likes both the Cats and the Grizz and has no family ties to either one, and you have to go truly win that recruiting battle, you know? Yep, I agree. And, you know, there's Montana's such kind of a big but small state, you know, so it's like we just don't necessarily know some of the players. And this show actually helps us. Sure. You know, learn more about some of these high school players than we ever really did because you're talking to coaches from other areas. And, you know, I think it's helping get it out there. So I think it's been great for, uh, you know, high school sports coverage in Montana. And I'm not just saying that because clearly the, the joke is, you know, oh, you know what the joke is. But, uh, um, which is just a joke. I got a lot going on, people. I don't want someone to seriously take, take me too seriously here. But um, the the thing about it is is... I don't think there's anybody who really covers Montana recruiting great. I think there's a couple guys in the media who do a very good job. Sure. Like, you guys will be very good. Like, when someone signs, you get an interview with them sure. and stuff like that. And, like, offline, you know, we can right. kind of talk about it. Um, so it's almost left to the fans. And there's sure. a guy who posts on Bobcat Nation. He's amazing. Who is incredible. Like, I don't care if you want to go to that site for any other reasons, but, I mean, he... It's crazy. He tracks all these so, high school football players in a, in a detailed manner. I mean, that's where I get most of my high school recruiting information in Montana. <laughs> for sure. We So when when I first started... Vim. The, the Vim, for sure. When I, my, the precursor to Skyline Sports, I was just covering the Cats at the time because I just left the Chronicle. And um, it's called Bobcat Beat. But we had an extensive Bobcat Beat called Montana Recruiting Central. And this is how I got to know Montana State linebackers coach Bobby Daly really well because he was working at a gym uh, in Bozeman, a personal training gym, kind of like Stephen Failer's place, but in, in Bozeman, and training some guys. And so we started putting on high school combines. We put on seven high school combines over two years and had guys come and, and run and work I, out. I and, did not know that. And uh, Holden Ryan, remember him for yep. the Grizz, yep. Billing Central kid? 
he came and just blew the doors off of it when he's a junior. Unfortunately, he got hurt when he was a senior, and then he kept getting hurt at Montana, mm-hmm. and he ended up at, at Rocky. But um, Connor Sullivan uh, from Montana State, from Ennis, he was another one that kind of blew up at the combine. And then the kids could, like, send their numbers out. Anyways, so I used to have, like, my tiered rankings of all the Montana kids and stuff, and, and I had a lot of uh, – I, I put a lot of work into it. And this is full disclosure. Once we evolved into Scout, and I kept doing it for a little while – and then once that guy started doing it, I was like, dude, this is way better than I could ever do. And he also goes to games all over the place. How, how does he have so much time? And so I was like, dude, if this guy is dominating it, he's doing it better than anybody can. Everybody, go ahead and enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. go ahead and enjoy. So no, uh, Nuana's now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Mike Nugent joining the show. Before we get into the topic, I know you've been burning on since last Saturday. I think before we get into that topic, we need to credit that I just gave the cats a lot of, you know, I think the cats, the cat fan base doesn't appreciate how neutral I am in this role. You know, and shout out to the R&R Cat Cast guys, too, because I know they're your big fans. So now we can move on. I love it, dude. I, I absolutely love that you uh, you have to justify. The inside joke for the for the listeners is that when Coulter was working on the uh, outline for the show, he sent it to me and he said, so we can balance out how biased of a Grizz fan you are. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I'm only giving you a hard time because I actually, if you were like a lot of Grizz fans, and it's a compliment to you people for your passion, but also I wouldn't let you on the radio because you couldn't be able to be objective. That's it. You guys would just be screaming and yelling. But speaking of the Grizz, last weekend against Central Washington, 59-3. to 3. Just your impressions. I mean, I thought they looked, in certain places, I thought they looked exceptionally good. So here's the thing. I mean, we haven't watched football in a year and a half um, at this level. So it was great to have a game. Obviously a D2 opponent, although Central Washington usually plays Big Sky teams competitively. I mean, like, there have been blowouts, but that's more of the exception than the rule. Um, Certainly. So, you know, what do you take away from it? I think a lot of things. Well, both teams hadn't played in a long time. Central didn't have their quarterback or their running back. What I was more impressed with is a lot of times in blowouts when we're playing an overmatched opponent, part of the blowout is because the other team just made so many mistakes and you just capitalize on them. Totally. Well, these guys didn't turn the ball over, really. I mean, they threw some interceptions, which we didn't capitalize on. Uh, Right. Um, Gavin Roberts with interception, yeah, and there was a, there was a fumble, right? Yep, uh, fumble fumble on a mesh, and Jacob McGuire covered. Yeah, so I mean, it's like you're, just two you're gonna look at the I mean, that's an score. average. Yeah, amount, you're going right. to look at the box score and be like, "Well, you're plus two. and sure. yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. But the Grizz didn't really capitalize on those, which is a whole other conversation. But it it wasn't really like this. Oh, they're just fumbling all over themselves. No, it was just the defense shut them down. And then the Grizzlies just look really good executing, For now, sure. which is what you would want against an uh, no overmatched question. opponent. But it didn't feel like some of the other games. Like it feels like maybe this team's taken a step. But this weekend will tell us more. It's taken a significant step for sure. I I can I already can tell you that, and I know this will be a better test this weekend. But uh, you're totally right. So often D two games. So many missed tackles or missed assignments, misalignments. Give up, you know the 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 Division One team will score twenty eight of their points based on just busted plays or just bad you know angles. And I thought Central tackled well. I thought they ran the ball. They got lined up right on defense. Montana just dominated them. I mean, even like the end around with Malik Flowers, those are two perfect kickout blocks. It wasn't even just this guy's fast. It's a mismatch. No, it was well executed too. I mean, really, the only time the Grizz straight up use their full athleticism to exploit Central was when they had that third down from like the 26-yard line and they just went back shoulder to a Kim Mm -hmm. because they had him on the single side. But other than that, it wasn't, you know, missed tackles or anything like that. It was just the Grizz um, fully executing. I know, I mean, the the fact of the matter is they... 
They scored 59 points while being what I would grade as like a C minus to a D plus in the red zone. <laughs> I, I thought that the yeah. run I thought the run game was maybe you know a B minus or a C plus. It wasn't great. I think it's got to be the C's. I mean, they average, totally. You know, if you take out the the QB and Flowers big run, right. they didn't average very well. And, that, and that's the point is, that, and then I give the quarterback play like a, a probably a C plus as well, and so and you still score fifty nine points. So I yeah. guess that's the point I make. Yeah, and Central obviously set out to say we're going to stop the run and we're not going to let you sack us, and so they kept people in. I mean, you know, and they, they did that. So the Grizz beat them in other ways. I just it's interesting. Mike Dugit joining me on Nuanas now. I'm Coulter Nuanas, one two nine ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. So I have a question for you. You're a Missoula guy. You grew up here. I can remember all the way back to um, in when Drew Miller had graduated from Montana and Johnny Edwards and Brandon Neal had a quarterback competition. And I remember Johnny Edwards, a lot of people watching this and around Missoula calling for Johnny Edwards to be replaced by Brandon Neal. And Brandon Neal did get into a couple games and looked really good. And But I guess what I'm getting at, though, is then, since that moment, over the last 20 years, seriously, it seems like we're always talking about the Grizz quarterback spot and a, co- a quarterback competition. There's really only been one guy, to my thought, that I guess Craig Oaks going to his senior year in 2004 and Dalton Steed last year were the only two guys we've had at Montana the last 20 years yeah. where the, the coach was like, that's our guy, we're building around yeah. him. I think. So is this just the way that the, the Grizz operate? Or I just think it's interesting that the, the Grizz right now have a redshirt senior in Cam Humphrey and a redshirt freshman in Chris Brown. And I went all around town the last week. That's what everybody's talking about. Which one do you like? Do you like Cam Brown? Do you like Chris Humphrey? Well, I think that or this... Cam Humphrey and Chris Brown. Excuse this me. fan base, like Dave Dickinson, Dickinson run was so magical that a certain segment of this fan base is just waiting to replicate that. And even though we've had a couple first-team first all-conference guys over the years since then, like Craig Oaks in his senior season was as good as anybody we've had. No question. You know, and a couple guys like that, I think that we're, we're kind of waiting for, like, we want to have that multi-year best-in-the-conference guy. And I think that's such a tough expectation, but yeah. it's Montana, and we've got unreasonable ones. What's even They nice, had it when they had Cole Berkley. Uh, well, let's, let's, yes, sure. I, and I they mean, brought a competition in every... The, they did, they year. did, but but uh, like, if Cole would have been a starter sophomore through, through senior year, he, he I mean, because he was a great player. I and mean, he, he, was, he had earned that. Like, the no bringing question. in the competition... Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was second-team all-league, both um, junior and senior year. So. Your, your example of John Edwards, yeah. there was a year in between. So John right. Edwards came in, won a national championship, right. then Brandon Neal transfers from Wyoming, right. And what about talk about a fickle fan base? It's like halfway through the season, the guy that won a national title the right. year before, right? They're like clamoring for the backup. I mean, you know, I mean, Jeff, remember Jeff Disney when Jeff Disney was <laughs> going to be the guy that was going to come in and unseat yep. Craig Oaks. Uh, Drew Hendrick was in the mix once upon a time, yep. and then Jason Washington comes in yep. and beats out Berkowitz, and then Ber- you know Josh Schwag. Yeah, it's just amazing that the Grizz have gone on this. So I just think, but but if you look at the Big Sky over the last ten years, there have been some legacy QBs. No question. Like a lot of programs have no found question. a guy and they've had him for three, four. Well, seasons. I mean, I think about the, I mean, think about the Cats. You know, the Cats have had the Cats since Travis Lule first walked on campus in two thousand and two. The Cats have only had what? I guess pre Jeff Choate era. Five quarterbacks in in fourteen seasons because Lule was a four four year starter, Daenerys McGee was a four year starter, and Dakota Prukop was a three year starter. So yeah, I mean that's that's eleven of your years right there since two thousand two where you had the same guy. Yeah, but what's interesting is like you know it's also probably should show us that the coaches know what they're doing more than more than <clears throat> us armchair. <laughs> 
Um, but it's like, I think that's why people were so excited about Gresh Jensen when he was a freshman. Sure. Because it was like, oh my gosh, here's this guy that's having a great freshman year. Sure. He's got three more years. Da, 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 da. But in retrospect, I mean, it's neat. It was Snead was the better QB and took the job, you know. Yep. So I just think that that's kind of it's the norm. Last week, Cam Humphrey, I thought was okay at times, but he was not sharp early. He uh, overthrew Mitch Roberts on what would have been a touchdown on the first possession of the game. He also overthrew Roberts in the back of the end zone on a fourth down that cost the Grizz points altogether. Uh, he had a couple grounders, but then he also had a couple good throws. So it wasn't a completely horrific performance. He was pretty okay. When Chris Brown came in. I thought Brown was really good. I thought he, he lived up to the hype that we've been hearing coming out of the program. But Montana was up 31-3 when he entered the game. He didn't really have to go against uh, any, any of the top-tier defense from Central. I mean, they, they had their starters when he came in, but... Yeah, that first series was kind of a mix. And, and, well, and you could, Central was kind of shell-shocked at that point because they had been holding the dam, and then all of a sudden the dam broke with the special teams and then the fourth down stop. And so... Um, they didn't really have a lot of momentum. But regardless, Chris Brown looked really good. I want to see more out of him uh, this week, and particularly against maybe the, the first-tier defense for Portland State. But we'll get to that here in just a minute. Bobby Houck on Friday was asked about his two quarterbacks, particularly the redshirt freshman, the number two quarterback right now on the depth chart, the kid from Bozeman. Chris Brown got his first game action. Yeah. see out of him? What are you looking for him to improve on? Well, obviously, I see him every day. Um, you guys got to see him on Saturday. Chris has done a nice job over the last year, improving, learning, uh, working on things that he needs to uh, get better at. And he, he did some good things Saturday. I was happy for him. That Chris to Ryan connection, stealing a couple of kids out of the Bobcats backyard, that has to look pretty nice, you know, especially knowing the future. Well, they're Montana kids, and all of Montana is grizzly country. He can't help himself. Here's the part that's so funny about Coach Houck, though. And it's actually given me some insight into uh, maybe how he was... Well, first of all, you got to give him a lot of credit. He's grown up a lot. But I also think he was misunderstood a lot the first time he was here as well. Now, when he says smart-ass things like that, he, if he doesn't get the canned laugh that he wants or needs, then he'll stop and then he'll interject it. And so if, you are, if we were to keep playing that part of the press conference, he then burst out laughing. and was like, you guys ever watch the sitcoms where the guys can't handle it? Like during Saturday Night Live when the other guy starts cracking up. It's like, I, I couldn't handle it. I had to laugh at my own joke. Regardless, I guess what I'm saying is that Bobby has more of a shtick than people give him credit for. I, I, you know, I was actually, I'm on a thread with all the Big Sky Podcast Network hosts. Yeah, yeah. My thing is like, you know, I'm not this big Hauk defender. I think he's a good guy. I've enjoyed, you know, him being back mm-hmm. as a coach. But I just think that the the hate that some of the fan bases have for him is just so bizarre because it's like, what do you, would any of us want a coach that like goes out of his way to say nice things constantly about their rival? True. Like, when did Chode ever say nice things about the Grizz? True. Yeah, actually, Chode said great things about Dalton Snead. That was like his dream quarterback. Fair. But, uh, I mean, I think that Joe gave him credit during like pregame press, press conferences leading up to the game. But you're right, you're right. It you're correct. But credit, like they, the people fall over. Like Choke knew what he was saying all the time. Sure. It was like calculated, kind of meaningless credit. Sure, but sure, totally. Uh, 
I do think the villain element of Bobby Houck amongst the other big sky uh, fan bases is hilarious too. That's what he wants. So well, exactly, <laughs> he's winning. I know. Yeah. And, and coach, De- I mean, Travis DeCure is kind of like that too. I mean, they're, they're not trying to be popular with anybody besides the people wearing maroon and silver. We're going to keep talking about Grizz quarterbacks and all things Grizz. Period. Uh, probably later on this hour and into next hour as well. But we got to get out because we got to keep talking quarterbacks. But on the NFL level, who's going where? And who would Mike most like to be throwing the passes in Kyle Shanahan's offense in San Francisco? We'll answer that after this on Nuan is Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. SportsBet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for SportsBet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. SportsBet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized SportsBet Montana location or by using the SportsBet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Garage Inc. One of the great and most underrated albums ever cut. Gotta love it. If you've never listened to it, you should. It's Metallica, but it's a bunch of obscure cover songs. And, uh, man, it's about as good as it gets when it just comes to garage musicianship, man. It's pretty pretty sweet. One of my favorite albums of all time. Welcome back to Nuanez Now. One-stop shop for all things sports and maybe sometimes a little bit of music each and every weekday. All around the great state of Montana, right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana Television. Reminder, tomorrow, Grizz Game kicks off at 11 a.m. It's produced by our friends at SWX, but it's going to be on ABC. So that's KTMF. That's what you need to watch it on. And uh, so everybody will be able to watch it. All you need is your little bunny ears or wherever you you stream your network television through. But it will will be on 11 a.m. tomorrow. Here on Nuanas Now, Mike Nugent joining me. Good friend of the show. Uh burgeoning podcast star. We did a fun one earlier this week. Chris Van Pod. Uh, what, how many episodes are you guys up to now? you got to be like 50 plus now, right? I think that was 54. Yeah. You know, if we were committed and did it every week like some of the other podcasts, we'd be a lot higher than that. But we are not media. We're fans. Well, so. that's like the allure <laughs> of it too, though, right? You guys have a lot of bent up, pent up yeah. things to talk about. Absolutely. And uh, what, is that the fourth time you've been on the show? I think so. I always forget, we were joking about this, I always forget that how long you can talk without having uh, radio outs. Oh, man. It's <laughs> brutal, right? Well, so, I used to, when I first started the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, back in, uh, I guess it would have been 2013, I was doing it on a handheld recorder on my couch in my living room, and uh, I didn't have anybody to co-host with me, so I just sat there and just talked to myself in the middle of a room. And, uh, you know, it's funny because... I don't really do this show by myself that much. Uh, even if I am sitting in the chair solo, I, I share a lot of interviews and stuff like that. But a part of that is that 
I don't really, I really hate doing the show by myself because the ins and outs of radio is totally different. If you just have to stream of consciousness, mind puke on a podcast, like I could go for like 30 minutes if you want me to, but regardless, uh, check out the new Grizz Fan Pod. Um, it was a fun one. A lot of, of um, a lot of takes on a lot of different things. Some good news that we didn't share off the top, by the way. The University of Montana uh, soccer team won in overtime yesterday. Uh, so that is uh, a good... I mean, I know we always look for storylines of football and stuff like that. Great piece of redemption for UM because they were uh, the 2018 tournament champions. The following season, then they had a great year, went undefeated in conference, and they um, took the top seed into the Big Sky tournament, Big Sky regular season champions, and they lost in overtime to Northern Colorado. Well, yesterday, they beat Northern Colorado in overtime. So the Grizz will play uh, in the championship game tomorrow. I actually have to look up. I, I did not see the, the result from the evening game last night in Ogden. So we'll get that to you uh, here in just a quick minute. But let's news. Let's talk some uh, NFL. This upcoming NFL draft is stacking up to be one of the crazier ones uh, in recent memory. Only because there's five quarterbacks with certain first-round grades. There's a lot of teams in the top 10 uh, draft order that need a quarterback, and there's a lot of controversy over who are the best quarterbacks. We kind of know right now that Trevor Lawrence is going number one Mm -hmm. to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It seems as if that Zach Wilson from BYU is going number two to the New York Jets. But things could change. And then number three, there's a lot of different... uh, scuttle about who might be going to the San Francisco 49ers, your San Francisco 49ers. So, I guess we'll start with this. If you could, I, you're not getting Trevor Lawrence. He's going to the Jags. If you could have any of the other four, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, or Zach Wilson, who would you want? Man, I mean, I, I, I Zach Wilson's probably the one that excites me the most, which is why it seems like he's the surefire number two. Sure. Um, I'm still trying to figure out why. why you know, so why like, does he excite you? He just seems like his style would fit with Kyle Shanahan. Now, okay. I don't know that his style is going to fit with the New York Jets the same level. Sure. So, I mean, like, I think he would be better served falling the number three, but I just well, of I don't course. I mean, happening. yeah, you go play for Kyle but Shanahan in a Super Bowl team is a lot better than going play for the New yeah, York Jets. You look, yes, you look at his college career, and really, I mean, it's one season, right? And um, that's I, my biggest gripe with him is he just the shiny new toy. But it's like you look at it, and you know, he was a playmaker, moves around the field a lot, seems to you know have some vision and good arm strength. And I, I, the thing about quarterbacks is sometimes you will get these years where the draft is going to be quarterback heavy because there are more teams at the top that need quarterbacks. And then other years, it's just not. And sometimes it feels like the narrative drives itself. Like Mac Jones being talked about at three. No, I just don't buy it. Like I don't see the Niners drafting him at three. I'd be shocked because he'd be available later. Right. And I think that the fact that that's kind of the leading quote unquote leak sample. And I were talking about this, actually Kyle sample, our good buddy, um, he, I was telling him that leaks or lack thereof are uh, a, a microcosm of the strength of your organization. If there's a bunch of people in your organization that want to leak a bunch of stuff to the media. It's not a good sign for the internal trust of your organization, right? The Niners seem to be such a stable organization. So my thought was in the this fa- regime, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought that the fact that there was a leak was actually maybe them using a smokescreen. Like, they're they're leaking that Mac Jones is the guy when in reality he's not the well, guy. Well, the leak, quote-unquote, started with Kyle Shanahan's good friend, Chris Sims. Right. Saying, I know Kyle Shanahan, and I think you'd like Mac Jones. And he's like, but I haven't talked to him about this, 
which I kind of don't believe. Um, but I think you're right. Like, I feel like it's out there on purpose because they're hoping that maybe it'll cause somebody to do something else. And they, you know, maybe there's a few quarterbacks they like. I don't know. What I would, where I would go is um, Fields at three. Yep. Trey Lance is a wild card to me, but I just, I think that, and we've talked about this, like, you know when a, the team's great coming into the season and they win all their games and then people are like, well, but they just weren't as great as we thought. Well, it's like, how could they have been better? It's like, I think Justin Fields has been a top quarterback since high school and he's checked the boxes. Exactly. You know, and it's like, I think that sometimes you get the shiny penny of one guy for one year. I think Justin Fields can can do good things with Kyle Shanahan. And, and that's, the tre- that's the trend that we've seen that drives me just absolutely nuts is that forever in the NFL... For better or for worse, but largely for the better, guys were analyzed first and foremost based on experience, winning, and game film. And then, like, what did you do at your pro day? How athletic are you? All that stuff started coming in. But, uh, you know, Joe Montana was finals for the Heisman Trophy and winning games at Notre Dame. And, you know, it, it was a linear progression. Most of the time you had to produce in college for multiple years to be one of those top guys picked. Now, it seems like the longer you stay in school, the more they scrutinize you and the more you have a chance of hurting your draft stock. And we saw it. I know Justin Herbert still went number six, but he still fell behind a couple guys in his same draft um, that maybe weren't as, didn't have as much of a body of work. And, And I think that the longer you play in college, the more there is big games to nitpick, right? Justin Herbert playing in Pac-12 championship games, playing in Rose Bowls, Justin Fields playing in the college football playoff multiple years in a row, having to go against Alabama and Clemson and the like. But I just think that they should... I just think it's so much less risky to to actually just rely on what you know to be true rather than projecting what could be true. I mean, this Zach Wilson kid, he has a good upside, but we've hardly seen... Anything, And he's doing it against Boise State and Wyoming and Nevada, not Alabama and Clemson. So what's the jump going to be like? The other thing I worry about with Zach Wilson is BYU does have a nationally elite offensive line. They have two offensive linemen that are probably going to go in the top 50, 60 picks in this draft. And because of all, you know, their offensive line tradition, the the LDS Church's connection to uh, Polynesian people, like the, all of those things give them such an intrinsic uh, recruiting route to then be able to keep that that part of their team strong always. But I always worry then because Zach Wilson was thrown from a by and large clean pocket because his offensive line was far superior to their opponents most of the time. So how is he going to do when he's playing behind the New York Jets offensive line, which is not that. It's not going to be able to keep him clean. It's a valid question. I mean, and there's no way of knowing it because it's like sometimes guys come in and, you know, it all comes together. Like, you know, Patrick Mahomes was a second-round pick. And he turns around and, you know, look at him. So it's, I, I, I don't know, it's all subjective, but I guess evaluators see what they see. I just have so many questions about these evaluators because lately they have not been that good at the quarterbacks. The quarterback thing has been 50-50. Mm-hmm. What did I read the other day? Uh, offensive lineman drafted in the top 100 picks had a 62 out of 100, so 62% chance of signing a second contract. That, about 62% of top 100 offensive linemen signed their second contracts. 25% of wide receivers and only 20% of quarterbacks. I thought that was insane. Wow, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I think you probably would change the percentage a little bit if you got into the top 
you know, the top first round picks because the top, top 100 picks, that's the first three and a half rounds. I think that you get into probably a little bit better percentage with the top uh, first round guys, only because some of those guys, they just get chances forever no matter how good they are. Well, I was going to see any more of those first contracts are four years, aren't they? Right. Or, and I guess the later rounds are three with a four option. Exactly. Exactly. So you're on Fields, though. I think that's uh, I think that's encouraging. I'm glad there's somebody saying out there because I just think Fields is money, man. I watched yeah, it a I, lot. I would be pumped if we drafted Fields. I, I just can't believe there's a guy who was, as a true sophomore, threw 50 touchdowns and two picks and went to the, the college football uh, playoff. And then the next year, he didn't replicate those numbers. Uh, you know, he only threw 40-plus touchdowns instead of 50. And people think he's regressed. He hasn't regressed. There's also this question about his toughness. He played completely broken in the college football playoff. I still get all the knocks, and I'm going to continue <laughs> to toot this hard because I just I think Justin Fields is really darn good. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Lady Grizz got a new head coach. We're going to talk a little bit about that. On the other side, Mike Nugent joining me, Coulter Nuana. Let's keep it right here. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back in. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for riding home on a Friday. You know what I love about your show when, I'm, when I'm driving around town working and I listen to it? The music coming in off breaks. Just always watch, you know, it's like, it's always good. Well curated. Yes, it's well curated. That's right. That's right. I just got I mean, it's not quite Sunday night football well curated, but it's close. <laughs> I just got a new playlist curated. I just sent it along to Reese. We're going to start making some new bits uh, here upcoming as well. And, uh, that's one of my favorite parts about it. We work at a radio company, so we got access to all the music. We might as well play some sweet Absolutely. tunes. Absolutely. Brian Holsinger, hired as the Lady Grizz head coach earlier this week, uh, shared some of the uh, press conference with you guys yesterday. I'm actually getting a chance to meet Coach Holsinger in person tomorrow morning before the Grizz football game. So uh, I'll have a, a more of a one-on-one with him uh, tomorrow, maybe some more about just his coaching philosophy, his background, and, and things like that. Um, but... Uh, certainly an atypical hire for this program. That's not going out on a limb considering they had one coach from 1978 till 2016, and then they hired one of his assistant coaches, Robin Selvig, to Shannon Schwain. So for the first 42 years of the program, it was the same program. And uh, then Mike Petrino, who had been on Shannon Schwain's staff for four years, took over as interim coach last year. So it's not, it's nothing but just the fact that they haven't had new, uh, they haven't had a, any, anybody from outside that tree outside that family as the head coach in close to 50 years. So now they do. Brian Holsinger does have a few ties to Montana. He was the head coach at Montana Tech for a couple years in the mid-2000s. I also mentioned family and billings, and I'll I'll get all the details more ironed out tomorrow. But um, first of all, your initial impressions of the Lady Grizz hire. You know, I mean, I obviously didn't know a ton about him before he was one of the finalists and, and most of my information comes from reading your work 
Um, so credit where it's due. But, you know, that led me to research a little bit about him. And I, I'm excited by him. I, I appreciated what he said about recruiting. Because I think that he acknowledged, like, we want to get the best players in Montana, but we also need to go where the talent is and grab other people. And I think that that's not necessarily the approach that we've taken at UM for the Lady Grizz for a long time. Certainly. And I think that that's how we built the program. So it's like sure. not necessarily that it was wrong, but the game's kind of changed a little bit. And I think that mixing in the best of Montana with, um, you know, talent from other places in a way maybe we haven't. I think we've kind of regionally recruited, but not like all around. I think that's great. I also am excited because you see the reaction that his former program, OSU, Mm -hmm. And his colleagues, like other head coaches, sure. are having to his announcement on social media. You people like him, no question. You know, it's like you wouldn't do that for every coach. Like the coach is a jerk behind the scenes and stuff like that. You're not going to get that same like, oh, we're so happy for you. But the people definitely seem to like him, no question. And not to be too revelatory about the process that we use at Skyline Sports for tracking these coaching searches. But I will say that there's a lot of interaction with a lot of a, co- a lot of coaches whenever there's a, a coaching spot open. Not even necessarily people that want to be in the mix. Coaches just like to know what's going on in their little network. Mm-hmm. And so coaches are always reaching out, whether they're you know from lower divisions or they're assistants somewhere else or whatever. And I've gotten to know a lot of coaches over the years uh, covering this league. And I will say this. This is very indicative of, I think, Brian Holsinger's reputation within his his group of colleagues. He was the guy that I was reached out to the most about or came up in discussion with some of these other people most often. And it seemed like there was a pretty... pretty widespread and resounding level of respect from all of his, his colleagues, whether former, current, or, or whatever. You know, what's what's interesting is the parallel I draw to it, and it's not perfect because um, Coach Houck is a Montana native, but uh, and, and, you know, had went to school at UM, but when Coach Houck was hired away from UW the first time, you know, years and years ago, there was a story in the, in the paper about the whole team, the whole UW coaching staff being around him when when the AD called and offered him the job and them just erupting in cheers and stuff like that. And this feels the closest to that of anybody we've hired since. Like, to have your current colleagues be so excited for you, I think is a testament to who you are. Nuwana is now on ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Montana had four finalists for this job. The four finalists were Brian Holsinger, Mark Campbell, who's the associate head coach at Oregon, uh, Jamie Carey, the associate head coach at North Texas, but who has strong ties to both Stanford, played for Tara Vanderveer for a couple years, got hurt, and then transferred to Texas and played for Jody Conrad for a couple years, also coached under Jody Conrad and uh, coached at Texas for a while, and then has been in North Texas now the last couple years, and then Mike Petrino, the interim head coach from a season ago. And uh, interesting that Mark Campbell was in the mix at Washington, he was in the mix at Vanderbilt, and he was in the mix at Montana, and now he is the new head coach at Sacramento State. So that's an interesting fold. Uh, the associate head coaches from both of Oregon's outstanding women's basketball programs, the state of Oregon, that is, are now in the Big Sky Conference. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Holsinger and Campbell square off. Also, a new head coach uh, from Portland State. Uh, they they promoted the associate head coach. I'll get the name here in a moment. But Lynn Kennedy moved on. Um, from Portland State to McNeese State. So there was several openings in the big sky, and now uh, Montana, Sacramento State, Portland State, uh, all filled. So we'll see, though. Eastern Washington remains open. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a job that everybody should want or nobody should want because they have nine players in the transfer portal. Yeah, that is a tough environment to go into right But now. imagine this, though. Rather than coming in and saying, okay, I don't, these half dozen people can't play, they're not good enough or they don't fit my system or whatever, rather than having that tough conversation, now you go in and say, well, 
but these are the people we got. I'm just going to recruit either nine better than them or here's two that are good and we're going to recruit seven better than them or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can bring a whole group in pr- pretty easily. Yeah, as Shante is proving at, po- at Portland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eastern, Eastern Washington Eastern men's Wash- team just exodus. Exactly, yeah. No, Eastern is in a weird spot right now because David Riley was promoted as the men's, uh, from an assistant to men's head coach, but the women's job remains completely vacant. So it will be interesting to see if anybody uh, makes a run at that. Uh, last thing for you. Mike, is that the missing ingredient for the Lady Grizz? Do you think it's just the expansion of the recruiting territory? Or what do you think, what, is, what to you is the thing that they need to do to turn the corner? You know, I, I, I think maybe it's just a, a, a refresher. You know, I mean, I, I think that the Lady Grizz have always been such a well-run program. And for so long, they were it in the big sky. They just were so head and shoulders above everybody else. But it's like, last time we were on the show, we talked about it. Like, there's a couple legacy coaches in the big sky, you know, um, Binford at MSU, the Idaho State guy who was initially on your list, you know, who have been there for a long time. Sure. And, you know, there's progr- programmatically a couple schools have caught up and, Definitely. you know, Petrino's got Missoula connections by all accounts. He's a good guy. People like him. Um, Shannon's a great person. I know her, sure. you know, and so it's like you look at, at what we've, where we've been and I don't know because it, it's tough to say what was missing or what wasn't missing, but I'm just excited about where we're at right now. So I thought that um, the post game press conference after Montana's um, embarrassing and surprising loss to Sacramento State in the first round of the Big Sky tournament, first time ever that the last, the bottom seed won a game in the tournament. Abby Anderson, junior center for Montana, she, uh, she had. A pretty poignant statement. She said, hey, we know the expectations of the Lady Grizz. We know we haven't been good enough. And at some point, we either have to be good enough or the expectations are just going to bury us always. And it is hard to when, when you fail to reach the bar that has been set for you when it was set for you long before you ever even got to Montana. And so um, that's to me, is the key factor, is how do the Grizz, Lady Grizz emerge from their own shadow? At the same time, you have to respect the history of the program, but there's no way to replicate in almost any way what Robin Selvig did. You have to find new ways to win, but those new ways, they're right in front of your face in a lot of ways. They have a phenomenal facility. They have phenomenal tradition. All you have to do is just bring a uh, recruit to a game in Missoula, walk her through the Hall of Fame, show her the 50 banners that are hanging in the in the uh, Adam Center, and then watch a game in front of 4,000 fans. I think that that's what it is. And so just to think that it's going to be always about developing these underdog Montana girls, and you know, it's like on the in the house that Rob built, what they say that. Um, Robin Selvig brought girls from ranches and reservations and built a basketball dynasty, and mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's cool if you can do it, but. I don't really know if anybody but Robin Silva can do that. And so at some point, it's about you have to you have to embrace the history. We have to move beyond it as well. Well, I think that he, we still can to a point, but MSU is also legitimately getting some of those players, so it's harder to build a full roster with it. And also, you know, I mean, the game shifted a little bit, so I think we can we could build that and complement at the same time. Um, before we before we uh, run up on the end here, yeah. um, my baseball practice is about to start. Ooh. Um, uh, you know, uh, Westpac Wealth Partner, Dirt Squirrels. Coach, I love it. Head coach Dick Tabor. And uh, if there's any coaches who aren't at practice yet, if you're not there at five, you have to run too. So <laughs> I've got a bye today. But I love it. I absolutely love it. Mike Nugent, Jordan B. Coulter Duanas here on Duanas Now. 
the greatest place in the world to promote Little League baseball teams, <laughs> particularly when they're they're already sponsored by one of our great clients and Nick Tabor. So uh, good luck out there, boys. Have a good baseball practice. This is the first really nice warm day of the year, so uh, nothing better than playing baseball with your buddies when it starts to warm up in Montana. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you hot. We got the uh, winner of this beautiful Grizz painting. We'll, we'll announce that and give it away. And uh, we're also going to talk all Grizz all the time. Montana hosts Portland State tomorrow, so we will uh, break that matchup down for you. Got some sound from Bobby Houck, and we're also going to hear from Troy Anderson from Montana State and talk a little Bobcat football as well. So keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.